When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Get Lifted, the podcast with me, Lisa Snowden. Thank you so much for listening. So today's episode is called Jedi Mind Tricks because that's exactly what we're going to learn to do. Some incredible techniques and pretty easy ones at that as well that we can implement into our lives, into our daily lives that are going to have a huge shift on how we feel. So that negative voice that's in our head, those days when we feel massively unmotivated, some of us that are stuck in a bit of a rut and you can't really see what the future looks like. Well, we're going to talk manifesting, we're going to talk Jedi mind tricks, we're going to talk laughter therapy and action boards. Three incredible guests today. We're going to speak to Dr. Tara Swart, who is a neuroscientist. Tara is a former psychiatrist and also the author of Best Seller, The Source. Actually, when I was at medical school, my flatmates used to call me Yoda and we, and we had a Yoda in the house. Amazing. <laughs> We're also going to cross to the other side of the world, all the way to New Zealand to speak to Chris Willey, who is a retreat leader, a yoga teacher, an all-round amazing guy. They're just like, no, don't go sit in a cave and just meditate yourself away. Like, you, like bring your spiritual body and go and run a bakery. Like, I don't know. Like... <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to speak to Stuart Sandyman, who is the creator of BreathPod. He is a breathwork coach and he also has an incredible show called The Decompression Session on BBC Sounds. Free and legal. Exactly. A great high. Just getting yeah. high on your own supply. <laughs> We discuss a whole range of topics on the show and throughout the series. I'm obviously not a trained professional and any advice I give is my opinion. But if you want to engage with any of the therapies or the services that we discuss throughout the series, make sure you always talk to a trained and accredited professional. That way they can tailor their service to your particular health and medical needs. Right, let's get lifted. Hello, my lovely. Hi. Oh, Look at us with our microphone. I know. This one, I was going to call it manifesting, but I think we should call it Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> <laughs> and it would just be a little bit of fun. Totally. Um, you know, I think with this, sort of dispelling the myths of the kind of woo-woo of like, it's just vibration, man. And yeah. you know, actually, no, there's scientific proof yeah. that 
you can change the you know the pathways in your brain and and, and all of that sort of stuff so let's talk about um, tapping into our pure potential and the power that we have within us and how we start to kind of cultivate that that power mm-hmm. um I think that's such a lovely question because it really reminds me of just a concept that I always think about, which is how fearless little children are. And that, you know, we would all have been like that at some point. And of course we have to be kept safe, but I do feel like there's such a a bias towards as soon as children can move, you know, walk, and it's usually around the same time that they can talk, that it's like, don't do this, don't go there, don't talk to strangers. And then, you know, it goes into the whole schooling system and depending on, you know, maybe what kind of culture or family you're from, parental expectations, societal expectations. And I literally feel that that person that first came into the world, you know, and was there for the first couple of years, just gets chipped away at and chipped away at. And I mean, I think they should teach this in schools because I think it would be so valuable for the rest of children's lives to understand that, it's more about really being you and being the best you that you can and living the best life that you can. And by that, I don't mean material things. I mean, you know, doing what you were put on this earth to do. And so what I think tends to happen is because of all that, don't do this, don't go there, you know, you must achieve these things. We either get to a certain age or usually we come to some sort of life crisis that makes us reassess all of that. And I'm really passionate about people taking the time to step back and set their intention before they've reached some sort of crisis. Um, Because, you know, if it was part of life that at, I don't know, the age of 35 or something, you had to take a year off your job and think about what you really wanted to do. um, I think a lot of people would do different things. Um, So because that never happens and we're all too much on the hamster wheel and we're afraid of, you know, losing our job or our status or our relationship. If we make a big change, I really think we do ourselves a disservice. And I think that first stepping back can just be two hours or a weekend. You know, it doesn't have to be a huge amount of time or a, you know, really significant change to, or threat, you know, to what you're doing. It can just be, is my life panning out exactly as I always dreamed it would? And and when I say dream, I don't mean fantasy. I mean, you know, what would really represent a good, decent, solid, stable life for you? Um, And for some people, that good, decent isn't, you know, it's not very stable. It's traveling and working on, you know, yachts or sort of, and that's fine. But if you know that's right for you, what, you know, also kind of worries me is that it tends to be, oh, well, everybody else is getting engaged. Everybody else is getting married. Everyone's having babies. I need to do that. And not really asking, you know, you used a beautiful phrase, our pure potential, you know, asking your heart or your soul or your gut, whatever you want to call it. But it's basically, you know, my book's called The Source and you've called it pure potential. Asking that part of yourself, your spirit what was I really put on this earth to do? What do I really want to do? What would I therefore be good at? Because I'd have so much joy and purpose and motivation in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I ask people that question in my coaching, what would you, what ideally, what would you really like to be doing? I actually usually giggle because the things they say are so achievable. They're just, they're just things that are important to that person, but they're not like be a billionaire, fly in a private jet. They're 
I wish I had time to do yoga with my daughter. I wish I had, you know, more time to talk to my friends. I wish I could eat more vegetables. Um, and then, you know, of course, there are some more kind of um, contributing to society, things like that. But for people sometimes who are really busy, sometimes it's just those simple things. And if I believe as a neuroscientist that if you start those simple things, if you do the yoga, eat the vegetables, you're making yourself more able to do those other big things that you want to do because you're just you know you're feeding that potential you're telling that potential that it's important and I think what we really do is kind of suppress it and say that what we're doing on the outside is important it's true and like you said that hamster wheel that you just get stuck in this in this these habits and you're just you're like well this is my lot it's almost like you just you just give up a lot of the time. And like you said, it's only when you get to that point of crisis that you actually reevaluate everything. And it'd be so good. Like you said, you get to 30 and you're like, right, am I on the right path? Is this where I want to go? If I continue down this road for another 10 years, this is what it looks like. Or hmm. do I go off piste? So, um, but it is quite hard and it's a challenging thing to do because so often, like you said, you've got the security of your partner that oh, you're not that happy with, but you're just, you know, settling. Yeah. <laughs> job that you're like oh I don't really get much satisfaction so how how when do you know is the right time to make that change like that gut instinct that we have that intuition that we Mm. that we squash so much I think it must be different for different people but I think it's about accessing your inner voice and as you know I you know I always say that journaling is a really good way to do that but a real um game changer that I found with journaling is reading back over your journal because it's great for downloading your thoughts. That's good for your stress levels and your, you know, processing your emotions. But if you never read back over it, you don't really see your own repeated patterns. And when you see them in your own handwriting, it's that there's no escaping from that. Um, I also think journaling is a really good way to hone your intuition. So I think a really classic example is particularly for women being in a relationship and having this nagging feeling that it's not right or it's not going to last or it shouldn't last, but trying not to hear that voice because you're afraid of being alone. Yeah. And usually at that point, the relationship is going to end, but you fight it and you cause yourself unnecessary distress. Um, And then you leave yourself, you know, through a period of lower self-worth because it has ended in a bad way. Um, so I guess the answer to your question is a bit like, what would it take us to get to the point where we would walk away from a relationship as soon as we know it's wrong because we don't have fear of being on our own and we don't have fear of thinking that we'll never get anything better or as good. Mm. Um, I think that takes a, you know, a huge amount of self-esteem, but practices like journaling and gratitude they can cultivate that over time. I think lots of micro habits, and I normally talk about drink an extra glass of water, go to bed half an hour early. But here I'm talking about maybe having a mantra or a positive affirmation that keeps you really, you know, at your highest level of of Mm. worth. Um, Being very careful about who's around you and how people can talk to you. You know, that has a huge impact on your brain. Um, You know, being mindful about things like whether for different people, it'd be different things. It could be bad news. It could be horror movies, like how those things affect you emotionally. Yeah. 
Um, I'm actually tr- sort of thinking of these as I go along because it's really interesting for me to think of these micro tweaks in terms of your self-esteem rather than just the performance of your brain or your mental health. And yeah. I mean, I'm sure you, you've got some good practices that you do to take care of yourself, like physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Absolutely. The uh, breathing, I find, you know, a daily practice of breathing, which then will become a sort of meditative state, which then I can start introducing the gratitude, even if it is just little things. And then I can start my visualization, which is what I want to talk to you about. Such a powerful tool. And it's, we all have the capabilities to do this. I just think that we don't know how to. And I don't think people realize how you can you can create your destiny by these these powerful visualizations that you can create for yourself. So like you said, it's not a fantasy. It's not a dream. This is what you want. So how do we start visualizing and how does it work? Um, I love this topic, as you know. And <laughs> <laughs> so there's a few ways of doing it. One is that you can literally um, create what was always known as a vision board, but I call an action board because it's not just a fantasy collage. It's things that you will actually work towards making them come true. So you can create this collage that has metaphorical or literal representations of what you want in your life. And then you can spend some time each day looking at it and believing that it, it has come true or it will come true. Or you don't, you know, without a a physical prompt in front of you, you can just close your eyes and you can do different types of visualization. So one that I do that kind of is a hybrid of gratitude and visualization. So I'll take you through that one first for the next one is what I call take, take, actually, I'm going to change the name of it because of what you said. I'm going to call it taking care of my pure potential. Love it. (laughs) And so if I'm about to get in the shower or if I'm moisturizing, then I literally go from top to toe or toes to top and I touch each part of my body and I thank it for what it does. You know, I'll say things like, thank you to my skin for maintaining my physical boundary. I'll go in inwards and say, thank you to my guts for digesting my food. Thank you for my lungs for, you know, pumping oxygen throughout my body. And, and I'll do like hair and eyes and all sorts of things. Um, So you work through your body like that. That just makes you feel so good. It's the difference between looking in the mirror and thinking, oh, you know, I need to like cover up those dark circles and looking in the mirror and thinking, I don't need to wear any makeup today. That's how good it makes you feel. And then one of my favorite visualizations for self-confidence is um, it's in the book. It's called the portals um, visualization. And you essentially, you know, you do a body scan, you, you descend yourself into, you know, a beautiful scene in nature, and then you enter a cave, and you, there's five full-length mirrors in the cave, and in the first one, you look at your body in gym clothes, and you, you see your body as the healthiest, fittest it's ever been, you can see it in the tone of your muscles, etc. Then in the next one, you're in your underwear, and you can see sort of like, your flat belly, your glowy skin, you know, you've nourished yourself really well. In the third one, you're in your dream job, you know, and that could be like a CEO office, or it could be, um, you know, a a certain uniform, or it could be, you know, working from home. And so you see that, you see what success means to you. And then in the fourth one, you're sort of like in your garden, having a party with all the people that you love and who love you. And then you get to the fifth mirror, and it's a combination of all of those. So you're fit, healthy, happy, loved, successful. 
And then I say, this one isn't a mirror, it's a portal and you step through it and it's the most incredible feeling. You know, a lot of people say to me now, why do we have to do mindfulness practices? Why do we have to do gratitude? Why do we need to make time to spend time in nature? Well, it's because when we lived in the cave, we sat around a fire with our loved ones every single night and we gazed at the stars in the sky and we walked barefoot and we lived in tune with nature. And we've, we've come so far away from that, which has its pros and cons, but we've also completely forgotten about the state of being mm -hmm. and only exist in the state of doing. Hey, Chris. So can I talk to you about mindfulness and being in the present moment? So I think we kid ourselves into thinking that um, we're, we're being, you know, ultra productive. And so um, there's two states of being. So like one is the state of, of being, and then there's the state of becoming or the state of doing. And our culture is caught up in becoming something. So, right, I'm getting the promotion or, or being a better husband, father, son, right, becoming something. And that's an, it's an important part of, of the psyche. But the, also the state of being, we don't spend much time in. In the Eastern traditions and the wisdom traditions, there was lots uh, to do with just the state of being or just sitting and being. Um, and so, yeah, go on your walk and just be. And you'll, you might notice that it's confronting. To, to, and you might notice the brain going, I could get so much done right now, right? Um, but you would never know, you never know the potential of just a half an hour walk of, of just noticing the trees, if you never do it, you might notice that in a month, oh, wow, the insights that's bubbled up out of those walks have, you know, helped me become a better X, Y, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I, I kind of battle with that because it, I guess, like for me, I'm always on social media. So for me, it's always like, oh, I'm going to do this walk, but then I'm going to photograph myself doing this walk. And then I'm going to post that I was on the walk. And then I'm going to try and get as many likes. Like, you know what I mean? It's like this horrible, vicious cycle of, like you said, that becoming rather than just being. And I get caught in that for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not the only person. <laughs> <laughs> no. So Tara, manifesting. This, this Jedi mind trick that we're doing to ourselves when we are manifesting. I know that it wasn't a tangible theory back in the day. It was like, it was a little bit woo-woo. It was a little bit like, oh, it's just a high vibration, man. Yeah. Um, but, but, but you're a neuroscientist. So you have got this perfect balance of and knowledge where you marry the spiritual and the science side, which I absolutely love. And you explain it so well. So if you could just, in your own amazing Tara way, explain how, how manifestation works. Yeah. And I'd like to say that I was probably like you, I was interested in things like manifestation and the laws of attraction, but I was a bit put off by the fact that it was vibrations and frequencies. And once I'd studied psychiatry and neuroscience, I really started thinking if it's about the power of your thoughts to create what you want in reality, shouldn't it be explained by cognitive science like psychology and neuroscience? 
And so I actually spent one summer holiday looking into it. And that was a game changer because when I, you know, I looked at the sort of the laws of attraction, there isn't really even that much agreement about what they all are. But I could explain like 90% of them with psychology and neuroscience, because if it's the way you think, then it's got to be about all those things like overwriting negative thinking and, you know, having a strong emotion connected to your motivation or desire for something, Um, understanding that it takes time for your brain pathways to change. So that's why manifestations don't just drop out of the sky as soon as you think about them. Um, And also this really interesting element that I've come to understand a lot more than since when I wrote the book, which is about harmony and universal connection, which is that what you're trying to manifest can't be bad for other people or the planet. But if you think about it, that's completely related to what we were speaking about earlier in terms of gratitude and being in nature and, you know, belonging, because those things are good for the brain. So it's really interesting how it's all, you know, about having your brain in peak condition so that you can do these Jedi mind tricks. And (laughs) that... I love that I've got you to say that. <laughs> well, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so it wasn't going to take much to make me say that. Um, actually, when I was at medical school, my flatmates used to call me Yoda, and we and we had a Yoda in the house. Amazing! <laughs> Which I took as a massive compliment. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, I've read quite a few books on this, and like you say, they're great, but they either are very religious or dogmatic or not scientific. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I learned a lot from them. It took me about six months when I came to that point in my life where I thought, okay, I have to be able to do something to you know, turn my life around. And it's basically a discipline in terms of the way you think and regulate your emotions, but it's not described like that. And the conclusion that it came to that I understood was convince yourself of the truth that you wish to manifest. So it's not dissimilar to what we said about visualization, which is create an idea of what you want and visualize it becoming true in the future or visualize it as if it's already true and just work forward on that basis. Mm -hmm. And so it starts with another word that gets thrown around, which is a bit woo-woo, but which, you know, I've called in my book abundance. It's basically about the fact that to protect our survival, we are two and a half times more strongly geared to look out for negative things and positive things. And that completely made sense when we lived in the cave and, you know, there were saber-toothed tigers around. Now where our pain tends to be less physical and more psychological or social, it doesn't actually make us achieve our fullest potential by holding back from taking healthy risks, by not trusting, by not collaborating, by not being curious, by not being creative. So, It's really about overwriting that tendency to think negatively, whether it's about yourself or, you know, about a situation with a more positive statement. Now, I want to be really careful about that because there's been an anti-positive psychology movement. So where the ancient philosophies like Buddhism said, immediately replace a negative thought with a positive thought. This isn't about just thinking everything's great when it's not, it's about understanding what drives your negative thinking. Mm. We all have a particular kind of negative thought that we go to when we're not feeling great. Um, and, And for some people it's recurring on a daily basis. You know, there's a massive increase in the levels of anxiety in the world at the moment. But for some people it's more like when I'm not feeling great about myself, this is what I think of myself, or this is how I think the world works. 
if you can identify that preferably through journaling because usually as soon as you feel better you forget about it until it happens again um and you distill down to what your subconscious belief must be to drive that negative thought so if it's even something that doesn't seem that emotive like I'd never get that job if I applied for it then what might be your subconscious belief might be around certain like biases in the world it might be around your imposter syndrome about your own capabilities either educationally or you know skills for the job it might be about how you think networks work and actually I had a similar one when I changed careers so I'd gone from being quite a senior doctor to being completely at the bottom of the pile you know sort of trying to um work in business whilst I was doing my coaching course and I remember a recurring thought for me was I was about 34 at the time but I looked younger and so I was competing with people that were like you know look like a classical you know business person bit of gray hair kind of tall and grown up and I I just (laughs) felt like no HR director is going to take me seriously that was a really strong thought for me and so this doesn't, it, this isn't an obvious one and you have to find the one that works for you. And for me, it came down to let your true self shine through. That was all I could do. And if people liked that, great. And if they didn't, then it wasn't right for me. Um, so I think it's really important that the opposite statement isn't just a delusional opposite statement, but is your way of getting around this negative thought in a really meaningful way that actually starts to change your beliefs. Um, So realistic, flipping it realistically. You can actually start by flipping it unrealistically, but then kind of soften it down to something that really feels authentic to you that you can believe. So, you know, for example, if I'd said um, all CEOs are petite and, and brown, and female, that wouldn't be realistic because I wouldn't see that everywhere that I went. But if I said, um, you know, I'm unusual because I'm a former psychiatrist and a neuroscientist and that might really pique someone's interest, that's a very authentic statement that I can follow. So mm-hmm. um, so that's the abundant thinking part. And then actually what comes next, so you, you set yourself up with this abundant thinking. So the ability to get around your negative thinking And then you start the manifesting piece, which is really knowing what you want, why you want it, and being sure that it's completely authentic to you. So that, you know, it's not the car and the super yachts. It's the, this is what I want because this is what I was meant to do. And it's going to make me really happy for this reason. You know, it fulfills these values in me. And I'm a big fan of, of, imagery around that being more metaphorical so that you know what it means to you but if somebody else you know either saw your action board or you described what you visualize it might not be immediately obvious to them what that would mean and it might mean something different for them the reason for that is that the more you manifest and the more you see it coming true and it is it's incredible I you know I believe in it I do it but every time I hear someone else's story or something happens for me I'm just like this is so amazing. Um, and that, that feeling is cumulative. So when good things start to happen for you, you feel you know, stronger about asking for more. You notice more sort of positive things. Um, and I always say, if there are any quick wins on your board, you should manifest them straight away. Because once you're on a roll, then the bigger things that might take longer can, you know, have a better chance of, of happening. 
The reason that it's a good idea to use metaphors or metaphorical images is that once you understand the power of manifestation, what you sort of realize is, A, be careful what you wish for because it really works, but B, we don't know everything. We don't know everything in the world. We don't necessarily know what's best for us. And most key, we still, however much we've worked on our pure potential, do not believe that we are capable of achieving so much more than we think we are. And that's why I like to leave some room open for magic. Because if I say, okay, the best thing that could ever happen to me is I could get that job that earns that much money and marry that guy. Maybe I could actually start up my own business and earn 10 times as much money. And, you know, a completely different kind of person would be, would make me happier. And so I think it's really important to be open to that. I, I never believe that the universe tells you what to do, but I believe that it gives you opportunities that you can choose to take or not. And it's not always going to be that there's bigger and better, but but the chances are with the gearing of our brain to loss avoidance, that we are still not believing how incredible our pure potential is and that we need to leave some opening and expansion for that to become even bigger than, than what we're seeing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. All right, so here's uh, a practice that was introduced to me by one of my teachers and it's it's so simple yet yet incredible so um essentially what we're looking to do here is gain some insights into the into the workings of of the mind which is what i think a lot lot of us are interested in because a lot of us kind of know how the mind works but not really um and so the practice is this so Uh, grab a piece of paper and a pen and think about someone that you love dearly or someone very close to you. It could be a human, it could be a pet or really anything. Um, And just list 10 things about them. So if I was writing about my mom, I would write, Deanna is kind, 
Deanna is supportive, Deanna is loving, et cetera, et cetera, right? And, and write all of this 10 list. And what you'll notice is it'll probably be pretty easy um, if you've latched onto someone that you love. And now look at that list. And then what I'd like for you to do is now go back through and cross out the name of that person and replace it with I am. So for my example, right, my first would be Deanna is kind. I would cross out Deanna and rewrite I am kind and then move to the next one. Deanna is supportive. I'd cross out Deanna and write I am supportive. Now, with each situation, so starting with number one, I am kind. Now go and find three real life examples of a moment where in this example, I was kind. And that's the key, right? Real life examples. So three times in somewhere in my life where I can recognize that I was kind and then move to the, the next. I am supportive. So three real life examples of myself being supportive. And the hope of what we can discover through this exercise is that there's no attribute in anyone or anything else that we don't have in ourselves. If I look out my window right now, I see a mountain and I would say that mountain is beautiful. If we slow the mind down, the mountain is just being a mountain. It's not by definition, majestic, beautiful, scary, ugly. It's really, it's just being a mountain. Now what I'm doing is I'm taking my my mind's experience and perception of the, the, the word beauty. And I'm like a sticky note, placing that on the mountain. And the mountain is beautiful. Meaning that my inner beauty, I have to, I have to have beauty inside of myself to then take it out and put it on the mountain and say, that is beautiful. Just like we have to have fear inside of ourselves to then sticky note that person is scary, right? And so w- with this practice, basically what, what, we, what we get to understand is, is how we are labeling the world around us. Right? And, and oftentimes putting individuals around us up on these pedestals of they're so empowering and, and they're amazing and, and, and I don't know how they do it, right? And know that it's, it's in there somewhere. And this practice, it kind of, you can call it a, a turnaround. So turning around a, a positive statement onto yourself, it can, um, can offer some, some beautiful insight really into, into how, we're, how we're working. That is going to take practice because I think a lot of us will find that quite hard to do because it will be like you said, when you love somebody, it's so easy to be like X, Y, and Z about that one person. And then when you cross it out and you're like, I am beautiful. I am loving. Like, do you know what I mean? It's sort of like, it's, I think we're so hard on ourselves so often, you know, like you said, everybody else around us is is doing all these amazing things, achieving all these great greatness and it you know looks a certain way and I think that then you know we and and this is why this is going to be such an important practice and exercise to do 
Okay, so Tara, let's talk vision boards, action boards, and how truly magical that can be. Yeah, it's it's really, really magical. And of course, you have to believe in it. But I think that even if you're a skeptic, there's no harm in trying it. It's not going to hurt you. So maybe pick one small thing. And that, you know, and I love that we're calling it Jedi mind tricks, because I think, you know, people are more open to wanting to piece of that, because it also gives you more agency. It's like, I chose to try to do this. It's not like I vibrated on a certain frequency and the universe sent it to me. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's fascinating. And, and I, I've, I mean, I've got my vision board-ish up there and I keep moving my, it's not, it just doesn't sound pretty like yours where you've pasted it down. Mine's a pin board, so I need to just make it a bit tidier. But it's also my sort of slight notice board as well with bills and things. So that sh- probably shouldn't oh, be. No, a, no. But not bills, or my Wi-Fi code and, and DHL labels. But that's not a good thing, is it? It has to be two separate things. <laughs> got the wrong end of the stick here haven't I <laughs> the top section's amazing it's all interiors and beautiful houses and is it you know, yeah like swimming pool and like beautiful glass and it's just you know barn conversion vibes and all of that is at yeah. the top but the rest of it as it comes out I've left space on there because I know that you always say that it's good to have space yeah. Yeah. um and if you want a little bit of space <clears> in your life rather than having it to be completely like da 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 chock a block um but when I was um I was on a dating detox um, and I, I was having therapy, I was in 2014, uh, end of 14 into 15. And my therapist was like, no dating for the whole year. And I was like, fine. So I started listening to Deepak Chopra and I was listening to him every evening and I put it on my phone and he was the only man I went to bed with for the whole year, me and Deepak. And I would just listen. And it was just that, you know, beautiful affirmations, just really beautiful ways to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And those little seeds sort of planted into my subconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, but then occasionally or most nights I would and then once I after about six months I started to feel a lot calmer a lot more positive and then I started looking up at the ceiling and listing the type of relationship I wanted mm-hmm. so it wasn't, it wasn't a physical list it was just a visual list in my mind of the type of characteristics that I wanted in a, in a man and it was you know all of the things that perhaps hadn't really been important to me before so very basic mm. things I wanted him to be kind I didn't want any yeah. relationships I wanted kind loving you know and I wanted this this, yeah. this and this and this and I listed this th- and I kept adding to the list and I was like oh actually that should be good that should, you know and I kept adding to it and then lo and behold George came into my life back into my yeah. life after 15 years so oh. I know that it works it absolutely works but how does it work mm-hmm. how just explain the sciencey bit <laughs> I promise you that if you leave the wi-fi code and the dhl things on there so something will happen that's to do with that so it's up to you if you want to leave them there or it not it did the bloody dhl man came five hours early and I wasn't ready for him. That's because you put it on. <laughs> the one Wi-Fi's that reminds- not working. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Be careful what you put on your phone. Oh I'm going to tie. I'm going to tidy this up because my intention is that beautiful interiors and just that dream house for George and I. But then I've just sort of added a few things that are not very. Um, aspirational up there okay so separate separate boards one for my diary and organization and one for my action vision yeah don't combine the two no very mixed messages to the universe very (laughs) and to yourself and to myself okay I want to plant these seeds I want I want to I want to manifest what I want Mm. how does that work within the brain and the science bit 
Uh, this is also going to convince you to remove those other bits and bobs because so the way that it works is through um, three processes in the brain called selective filtering, selective attention and value tagging. And because we're bombarded with so much information through our five senses, everything from the outside world, every person that talks to us, every emotion we feel, every memory we recall, our brain naturally has to filter out some of that data. So that's the reason that you're not aware of your jumpsuit on your body all day, because your, your brain just says, well, I don't need to know that I've got clothes on. So that's, that's fine. Otherwise, your skin would constantly be stimulated by the clothing that you're wearing. And so we do a similar thing with information in the outside world. Like you don't notice every red bus that goes past you unless you play that game and you're like, today, I'm going to notice everything that's red. And then, you know, suddenly you do. Um, it's the same kind of phenomenon, like when you buy a new car, you suddenly notice that car everywhere when you're driving around. So that filtering process is unconscious and it's based on your most basic drives and needs. And for most people, that's getting their job done, putting food on the table, keeping their family safe. Maybe if you're a, you know, a bit more, you've got more bandwidth than that, it might be things to do with your health, your wealth. But for most people they don't have the bandwidth for that to include their longer term goals. So the things that really make you thrive for most of us, our brain will unconsciously do that for survival, but it's not thinking, you know, how can I reach my purest potential? My your brain is not doing that. It, it just doesn't have time to do that. Especially if you think about the fact that what you would read in a newspaper in a week now was the amount of information that somebody experienced in their whole life during Shakespeare's time. Gosh. Yeah. So a lot of filtering is going Bombarded. on. Bombarded. Yeah. Absolutely. Right center. Mm. Yeah. And if you're not conscious of that filtering process, it's happening anyway. And then the second part, selective attention, is that whatever is, isn't filtered out, you start to pay attention to that. You start to notice things related to that. And then the final part, value tagging, is that those things that you pay attention to are tagged in order of importance by your brain. And there's two elements to the tagging. There's the logical element, which is the absolute basic survival needs that we discussed earlier. And then there's the more emotional element, which is about feeling safe and valued in society and having a sense of belonging and a strong identity of who you are at work and in your life. So by using an action board and or visualization, you're priming your brain to notice and grasp opportunities that are related to things on that board. And so when you go around in a normal day, things that you might not have noticed because they're not crucial to what you have to do that day, you're more likely to notice if they ping something in your brain that's an image on your board, just because you've been looking at it repeatedly. And um, I'm assuming that you're not in your bedroom or are you in your bedroom? No, I'm in my office slash spare bedroom. Spare bedroom. So the, the thing about looking at your vision board last thing at night before you fall asleep is this psychological phenomenon called the Tetris effect, where the last thing you look at gets imprinted more deeply onto your subconscious. So when, again, when you're just, you know, walking around doing your normal daily activities, you're even more likely to notice things that are related to that. So um, and that comes from kids who used to play Tetris on their Game Boy. And then when they close their eyes, they could still you see still the bricks. You could still see it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so I need to, this whole situation needs to change then. This needs to get into the bedroom. Okay. I need a smaller vision, vision board. 
I've got a smaller one. Okay, fine. I'm getting confused because on some of mine, I've got pictures and fo- like a uh, photo, uh, photographs. Okay, of family members and things, or is that? Hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, they're okay. It depends. It depends what it's for because you know if you've already got, you know, you love your family. Then what's it about? Is it about spending more time with them? Is it about just cute pictures? Just cute. Just memories. Yeah, that's not that's not action board. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, I know what I'll be doing after this chat. (laughs) It's like tearing it all down and rebuilding it. So another practice um, that this one comes out of the the school of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, um, who kind of, I guess the, the most kind of famous NLP practitioner would be Tony Robbins, the work that he does. So, um, these, these are called empowering questions. And so this is a morning practice that's easy to integrate. It it takes about three minutes. And the key here is the phrasing of the question. So wake up in the morning and ideally before you do anything, touch the phone or, or get into any kind of work or anything stimulating, wanting to get a piece of paper and a pen and think about kind of what what you're wanting to create for the day and, and what attributes you're wanting to, to step into for the day. And let's say, for example, I'm, I'm working on expressing myself. Maybe there's areas in my life where I don't feel like I'm fully expressing myself the way I could be. Maybe it's at work or with my family or partner where it's like I want to say things, but I'm just not quite saying them, right? And so what I would do is I would write a question in the following way. How can I be even more expressive today? Okay, so the key there is the even more. So what this does is it sends a signal to the brain that I'm already being expressive today because I've just asked the question, how can I be even more expressive today? Right? Some other examples, how can I be even more grateful today? How can I be even more tolerant of the world leaders today? That's a juicy one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so right how can i be even more fearless today i mean you can really you can really go now what's i think incredible about these questions in my experience is that i don't need to answer them so i write the question down or even ask it in my head and it starts this unconscious processing in the brain and the brain goes, oh, he's already being fearless today. So let's see how we can be more fearless today. Oh, here we go. And, and it's incredible. So I find I don't have to answer the question. And I'll notice that I'll move through my day. And wow, I've been, I've been expressing myself. And wow, I have had a few more pieces of gratitude than normal. And, and uh, it, it takes practice, practice and noticing. Because they can be very subtle, the shifts. But give it a go and, and, and see how it impacts the day. <laughs> That has made me smile so much. That is like the ultimate Jedi mind trick. It's so good, isn't it? Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it's just amazing. And like you said, you're just like, because you are owning it already just by writing this stuff down. So you're already, you're like, I'm already, 
I'm already having the most fabulous day. How could I have an even better day? You know, it's just, mm. it's so good. It's so clever. I'm definitely going to do that. I'm going to do it every morning. Um, that is wicked. Jedi mind tricks. Um, and I, like then, the, I, like, I like the name, the Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> yeah, you just like flip it, you know, you're like, yes. How can I be even more fabulous? How yes. Can- <laughs> Boom. And then you just like pat yourself on the like, back. Here we go. Find <laughs> myself. Um, that's so cool. That's so exciting. Where do you think this falls as far as like where would this would this be in would this be like a man would you manifest? Is this manifesting? It's not manifesting at all, is it? Could it fall uh, under the manifesting? Yeah, to- totally good. Totally yeah? good. Because you're okay. if if you kind of right, if if I want to manifest um, I mean, even something you think about something, you know, super dense and worldly, like um, I want to grow, I want to grow my business, you know, by 20% this year. And maybe you wake up and it's, you know, something like how, how can I be even more strategic in my marketing? Uh, you know, I mean, it, you know, like these things can go, I'm big on um, the worldly and the spiritual and both are not only valid, but we should thrive in both. <laughs> uh, and that, that comes from the teachings of Tantra. And Tantra, one definition is to weave. And so what do, what do, what, what do they mean by weave? They mean weave the worldly and the spiritual. We're here in a body. We have jobs and families and computers and Zoom and podcasts and like, great. And we're spiritual beings, right? We're souls down here living in a body and we're connected. And and we have these big questions about where did I come from? Why am I here? What am I doing? Right. And so weave it all together. And so not only should we put focus on the spiritual and on the worldly, but we should thrive in both. So like use it all and uh, that's one of the reasons i've latched onto the teachings of tantra because they're they're just like no don't go sit in a cave and just meditate yourself away like <laughs> you, like bring your spiritual body and go and run a bakery like i don't know like <laughs> <laughs> let's keep these mind tricks coming let's speak to Stuart Sandman who's the creator of BreathPod. I do his breathwork classes every morning. He is my very own personal Yoda. What I wanted to say was that you mentioned about laughter therapy which I think is massively important because in the morning when I do the breathwork with you I find myself smiling and I feel like that just is it's so contagious and it's such a Mm. lovely light feeling and I have heard other people talking about laughter therapy and how it just you trick your mind basically into telling yourself that you're actually in a good place it's like it releases dopamine you explain it better than me yeah no no exactly yeah we've got our unconscious mind and we've got our conscious mind our unconscious mind is really 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 powerful but it's a a creature of habit and and patterns the unconscious mind does not know the difference between an experience happening around you and an experience happening in your mind it's kind of like a blessing and a curse because if we are feeling stressed we're feeling anxious we're thinking the worst in the situation we're worrying we're thinking negative thoughts then our unconscious mind is getting that signal like the tigers in the room or or that experience is actually happening which tends to be the default for most of us. 80% of our thoughts are actually negative. 80% of the thoughts are negative, not just out of some weird malfunction of the human mind. It's actually the safety mechanism so we can stay alive. Yeah. But back to the laughter, when we smile, 
even if it's a fake smile, as it's, <laughs> when you smile, it sends a signal saying, Stu's smiling. Like the, <laughs> even if I'm like, I'm not, I'm feeling no, like no, shit no, right no, now. No, like, I'm just, just, fake it to make it, fake it to yeah, make fake it. Fake it to make it. We are still sending a signal to the body saying, Oh, Stu's smiling. It doesn't know the difference with facial expressions and body language. <laughs> so we can use that to our advantage again. And this, this was something that I was taught, and it was so alien to me as well. I mean, I've done some laughter yoga before as well, which is completely bonkers <laughs> because it's so awkward at first, and then you can't stop laughing, and then it's really funny. Um, but it's when I first, when someone first told me this and then I, I backed it up by reading I can't remember which book it is but it's it's about facial expressions and the science behind all this stuff they said you should just start trying to laugh every day if you can I'm like fingers up straight away <laughs> yeah you're just like really <laughs> like, yeah maybe me I was like ah, what's it to lose like so I was doing starting doing these deeper morning routines breath work like high hydration hot water and lemon I jump in the car and I just drive the car and I was one day I was just like I'm just going to laugh. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to laugh. So I'm like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> And then I just would start laughing. i get to the traffic light, look across. And then I was laughing at how ridiculous I must look. Like, what a crazy man. That thing, and everyone looking in my car going, what is he like? But then people were laughing with me. Like, that guy's laughing. I'm like, wow, this is really actually, I'm feeling really good. Probably about a 20 minute drive, 15 to 20 minute drive. And... For a good five minutes, I just forced myself to laugh. Even if I didn't feel like it, all right, go for it, laugh. And every time it would end up being a real laugh as well, because it was just so ridiculous. And you would be connecting with random people along, along the way. like yeah, every, And they'd the be way. like, there's that laughing guy. He's always in his car laughing. He's a lunatic. That weirdo. <laughs> the completely weirdo. Uh, yeah, so... Um, but again, there's a science behind it. We're kind of tricking the mind and, and the the body to say, I am feeling good. And that can, it can be quite a hard task. Sometimes it might, even people listening might think, that's too much. Or I don't want to do that. Or, or there's that, I don't want to be seen to be doing that. Yeah. So it might be like a little covert, like lock yourself in the bathroom <laughs> and laugh. But it's amazing. I try and do a minute. I try and do a minute of it. Like I've done it on my Instagram. I've done it like live for people and you laugh for a minute. I'm like, everybody join in for a minute. There's a lady called Katie Brindle who's all about Qigong and like, you know, she's a Chinese practitioner and she does all sorts of, you know, that kind of laughter therapy and like lots of like energy work. And it is bloody brilliant. It's, it's a shifter and you do yeah. feel ridiculous, but you do, it is contagious and you feel stupid and then you laugh more and then you get like a proper belly laugh and then you're buzzing. You're totally yeah. buzzing. Yeah, no, it's, it's free and legal. Exactly. You, a great high. Just getting high yeah. on your own supply. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tara, how do you get lifted? I would definitely say my husband. He's mm. very supportive and he's always upbeat and I just admire that so much. Yeah. I think contributing something to the world, like caring for people is a huge factor. Feeling that I have a sense of purpose is important. I couldn't just drift around doing nothing. Yeah. But yeah, the people I love, definitely. I think having those good people around you is really, really important. My surefire way to get lifted is to get the tunes on. Music is the best way to turn a bad day around. It's a universal language which transcends time and space and it always elevates my mood. 
Jedi mind tricks galore, incredible tips and tricks that we can apply to our lives. We have the power to do this, guys. It is within us. Thank you so, so much to Dr. Tara Swart, to Chris Willey and Stuart Sandyman. I am going to put all of the information to our incredible guests today on the show notes, but also links to their websites on the website, which is getliftedpodcast.com. If you want to send me a message and I'd love to hear from you, just email me lisa at getliftedpodcast.com. I'd also love it if you could follow Get Lifted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'd love if you could rate and review on Apple as well. That'd be amazing. Now, can we just talk about this incredible tune that you can hear playing just for a minute? This is called The Love. It's by natural symphony and i'm in love with it i'm in love with the love it is the most brilliant tune and when i tell you more about how this is made you're gonna fall in love even more with it like i did so the guy whose project it is is called joe and we connected on instagram via dm we slid into each other's dms the process that joe uses is he hooks up his plants with microphones and he meditates and he literally makes music with the plants through the power of meditation it is unbelievable it's music made by plants which i absolutely love not only that but this speaks to my soul because for every download we can help to replant trees in the amazon so every download goes towards planting trees in the amazon so guys we can help to hopefully rebuild this world and that is what get lifted is all about it's about helping ourselves helping others making the world a better place and so if you could spread the word the more people that listen to get lifted the podcast the more people are going to hear this track the more trees we can plant into the amazon and the more downloads we can get so spread the word spread the love download the love i'm in love with you all for listening thank you so so much see you next time Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 